0: Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Off-Peak Podcast. As always, I'm your Ranker-in-Chief, Sam. I'm here with our Senior Ranker, Nicole.
1: Yes, still haven't gotten a promotion yet, (laughs) anyway.
0: I'm here with my Ranker and Principal Editor, George. Hello, my snowy friends. And I'm here with my Agenda Man, Steve. What up, guys? Steve's gonna give us the agenda. Take it away. Yo, listeners. It's your boy, Agenda Steve, here with today's fresh list. As you may have heard, we just released a review of North Star. While it has over 3,000 acres and fast lifts, we will discuss why it falls short of other Lake Tahoe resorts. And finally, we are going to discuss how we come up with our crowd flow ratings. All right, Sam, let's roll along. Give us the lowdown on North Star. So North Star, it's a pretty interesting resort in California in that it's just very heavily invested in, yet it ends up at the bottom of our destination Lake Tahoe Resort Ratings. I think the big problem is, like despite the fact that as you said, it has fast lifts, and yes, it has more than 3,000 acres of terrain. I think what really sets it apart in a negative way is how its terrain is just very mellow and not that diverse compared to all the other Lake Tahoe resorts. Um, so you'll like, Go to let's say Squaw or Alpine Meadows or Kirkwood or Heavenly. And you'll see like these great lake views, and you'll have like this really crazy terrain. And North Star just really doesn't have that. Every trail at North Star kind of just feels like a normal trail if you've been to like any well, maybe maybe not if you've like skied at like a small like family mountain, but if you've been like anywhere and like even even the east coast, like the, the trails aren't even going to be that much different. they are, like, a lot of really uh, defined trails, if if you know what I'm saying, or there are also, like, some tree trails as well, which are cool, but there aren't really as many trees or, like, really dedicated tree areas as the other Tahoe resorts. Um, and then also, there really isn't that much steep terrain there. Um, so, like, if you're going down, like, some of the stuff on the resort's backside, like, there's some pretty... Uh, Somewhat steep, like, somewhat long runs, some of which are groomed, some of which aren't. Um, I will say that I was there on a pretty icy day last season, and it was pretty difficult to go down, but I'd say on a, a normal day, like, any advanced skier, like, advanced and not expert skier should be able to handle the terrain there. I'll I'll hand this over to Nicole after this. She's also been to North Star. We actually went on separate occasions, which is yeah. exciting for uh, peak rankings reviewers. It's
1: exciting for North Star too. They gotta stay in business.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, um,
1: you know I yeah I went there um, when I hadn't been skiing for that long, and um, thank God I had been to Whistler first um, because. I would have been underwhelmed, I think, if that had been my first experience skiing out west. Um, Just because I didn't think, like, at a challenge level that it wasn't that much... Like, I didn't think it was that much harder than Killington. Like, yeah, like, the the lines were longer, and, and, you know, like, it's a much bigger resort, but I just didn't really feel that challenge there at that point. Like, I... I don't know, there was nowhere you could, like, accidentally just wind up in a situation where you could die, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is the true hallmark (laughs) of a difficult resort, as Mm -hmm. I learned at Alpine Meadows.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good point there. Um, Like, to to add on to that, in the end, we were um, debating between, like, a 6 and a 7 for Challenge for North Star, and we ended up settling on a 6, and this was actually after debating with a couple locals... Both terrain Diversity and Challenge, we had some pretty in-depth conversations with locals on these, um, and they had strong opinions. But for Challenge, we ended up going with a six rather than a seven. Did Mainly, the locals
1: endorse that? The
0: locals were pushing for the six.
1: Yeah, uh, the first time I went to Squaw, I had been to North Star before, and uh, a local on the chairlift, he is like, what other Tahoe resorts have you been to? And I was like, I've been to North Star. And he's like, oh, you mean Flat Star? And I was just like, well, Jesus.
0: Okay, <laughs> well, well, that guy was obviously biased. Um, <laughs> but what we ended up figuring out is that there there is some steep terrain there, but... Even compared to, like, some East Coast resorts, like Sugarbush, even Killington, um, there are steeper lines at those places, and there are, like, a lot of places that you can just drop in, and you just really don't have that many moves, just because of... um, Another nature of East Coast terrain is it's really icy, and with North Star, like, even though it doesn't really get the same amount of snow as, like, or same consistency of snow as, like, places in Colorado, Utah... Um, like ice like that's pretty rare and so overall that just makes the experience a bit less difficult um, I think anyone who's skied on the east coast or grew up skiing there will uh, boast about how they're able to do a lot more similar terrain on the west a lot easier just because they have gotten used to the ice and with regular snow it's a lot easier to like hold your grip yeah. classic scenario where East Coast skiers brag about having to ski in bad conditions.
1: We have to ski uphill both ways on the East Coast. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware, <laughs> like, but that's ar- how ar- it works. Our <laughs> ar- conditions are so bad. We're so much better. It's uphill and icy both ways, and it's a miracle we could carry our backpacks that far. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The other thing about North Star was, like, um, and this actually came up when Sam was... Putting the finishing touches on the review he was um, looking around for some photos of, of North Star and it turned out that I didn't have any which is strange because I normally you know if there's a nice view at a ski resort I just take photos of it And, uh, so then we reached out to some of our friends who live in the San Francisco area and who go to North Star, and none of them have photos either, um, because there's just no part of North Star that makes you want to take off your gloves and take a photo, um, which I think is probably why it's mountain aesthetic rating wound up where it did. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah, we, we gave North Star a mountain aesthetic rating of five, which is, uh, significantly lower than every other Lake Tahoe place that we've reviewed so far which for disclaimer is sierra tahoe uh heavenly kirkwood squaw and alpine and uh we we also went to homewood we haven't published a review yet but that is definitely, definitely going to be <laughs> higher than a five um but like of the ones we've reviewed so far all of them have gotten eight or above um tahoe is really known and i think the reason why a lot of the overall scores have been competitive with Colorado resorts despite the lower snow quality is just because, like, the views and vibes there you get are just really hard to match. Some of the resorts have, like, really striking topography or, like, really great lake views, and it's really dis- difficult to to match that anywhere else in North America, let alone, like, even maybe the world. Um, but, like, the the thing about... North Star is I I will say there are some places that do have pretty cool views. Um like but they're just really small. So <laughs> if you're at the top of the I th- I think it's the the lift that t- brings you to the top, Comstock what? Express I think. Um so if you go down the
1: yeah.
0: East Ridge, if you go down East Ridge, you can see a view of the lake um which is which is pretty cool. So you can get some views right there but you only see them for like 20 or so seconds and there isn't really like a great place to stop and look and there's some trees in the way too um, it's also kind of
1: environment
0: the other the other thing is like North Star just so many of its trails are so similar that like they don't all look exactly the same but they're more similar than you'd think for like a 3,000 acre mountain and it makes the mountain just feel smaller than it really is um, which you might go there and you, you see on the trail map, it says like it's 3,100 acres, but you might go there and be really just shocked that it's bigger than Breckenridge or like yeah. other resorts that are similar in size.
1: I think the, uh, for me personally, what I decided upon is there were just no circumstances under which I would get on a plane to go to North Star. And I think you know me living on the East Coast, and I would recommend anybody else that lives on the East Coast, especially if it's your first trip out west. Um, I I think you can do you can do better if you're gonna get all the mm-hmm. way on a plane and go through all the hassles that that entails to go skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are better places. You yeah. know, might be a different story if you live in the Tahoe area. because mm-hmm. uh, then it's not as much of a pain to get there, but if If it comes down to it travel burden included, I'd rather go to Killington or sugarbush yeah so
0: if if you're on the East Coast, then those East Coast mountains might just be a better investment if you're trying to book a ski trip just just because of the plane ticket it just isn't necessarily worth it or um, book
1: a plane ticket and go to Squaw. or
0: you could book a plane ticket and go somewhere else but let me let me let me caveat one thing and This is why we we do recommend North Star for some people, and that's beginners and intermediate families that have an epic pass and are in with within driving distance. Like North Star does have some pretty good beginner and intermediate terrain. It's a really great mountain for grooming. Like they, they do an excellent job of grooming operations. In fact, they like mark which of their trails they've groomed in the past day. Um, and the, the other thing that North Star's really good at is they have a really excellent terrain park. So it's like pr- progressive in mind. So you can just lap the all of the terrain park features are They're they're serviced by one lift And so you can just keep lapping the terrain park like going from small to large until you're comfortable doing uh, Some of the tougher stuff and that's that's really nice about North Star too. It's, it's just that the thing is there's like other places you can fly that have those experiences too yet they also have like some of the really great terrain and views that you come to expect from like a vacation that you're dropping a lot of money on and North yeah. Star's lift tickets are really expensive so that's that's really what makes like like North Star is not a bad mountain it's just that it's a good one competing with some great ones
1: yeah i think that's fair i to be clear i did not have a bad time when i was there um, i just think if i'm gonna drop hundreds of dollars that i just i'd rather go to Squaw
0: or yeah. somewhere else <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. i think um for for those who are looking for more of a a mountain like north star that's like you're if, if price isn't a factor and you're with a family and you want someone somewhere that's nice has fast lifts i personally would recommend potentially taking a look at beaver creek which uh is actually pretty similar in a lot of regards to North Star, but they do a lot of things just better in a, a sl- in a way that just makes the overall experience better for everyone. Um, it also doesn't really have above treeline terrain, but it's slightly taller and there's places that are a little bit more isolated and allow like experts and advanced skiers to kind of have a, a, be- a bit of a better time. Um, there's also, a couple places, there, there's a couple trails that are really, really long. And so people who really want to put a strain on their endurance, like Beaver Creek has that for you too. Um, and in addition, like for the beginners and intermediates, there's the entire summit area is just beginner terrain. So that's really a, a great experience for that group of people. They're both really expensive. So, I mean, there's other options out there. But if you're thinking you're a star, <laughs> Beaver Creek might just be another mountain to look at.
1: So what we've determined is unless you live in the Tahoe area, there are actually no circumstances under which you should go to North Star. So I'm glad we cleared that up.
0: (laughs) And you don't own a condo there. Yeah, well. Those Martis Camp condos are super nice.
1: Well, I bet they're also really expensive and I can barely afford my current lifestyle. So, alright. What's next on the agenda? Agenda Steve?
0: Well, I think we were going to discuss how we determine our cloud, our crowd flow ratings.
1: It would be funny if we had cloud flow ratings. That would be cool, yes. But, yeah, yeah. fortunately, I don't think we do. But Potentials maybe, for
0: future features on the peak ranking Or, site. you
1: know, maybe on an April Fool's Day in the future we we'll decide to wait some Well,
0: you know what? If you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in some cloud flow ratings for your resorts, I'm listening. Um, just, just <laughs> please comment below and uh, if we get enough yeses, we might be able to invest some resources. Uh, George, our ranker and principal editor, has had some time on his hands over the last couple days and would gladly be willing to take some time to look into it if you guys really want.
1: You're the lowest dude on the totem pole i
0: i i don't i senior rankers don't have to do
1: that kind of work (laughs) um
0: i yes but crowd flow how do we determine crowd flow sam
1: now that we're back on topic
0: (laughs) so what we really look for in crowd flow is so some mountains can get really crowded and some can stay like super not crowded and only get like a lot of people on peak weekends and holidays but what we really try to measure here isn't necessarily how many crowds the resort gets but it's how well the the resort can handle crowds if for example you're whistler and you have the most amount of crowds that any resort in north america has i think it's typically the the busiest resort of any in north america but they also are really big and they have Usually one high-capacity lift or two lifts from major junction points, like that, that really helps with crowd flow and makes sure there really aren't choke points at the resort. Um, there are also very few places at Whistler or Blackcomb that are kind of dead ends. Like you can typically, I think Symphony is the only non-base area that you kind of get stuck and you have to take the lift back up. Like if there's a long line somewhere, you can just keep skiing and find another lift to take up there. Um, so that, that's an example of a resort that scores relatively well for crowd flow. Um, another resort that we we wanted to bring up is Vail. So Vale actually gets a 7 for crowd flow, which isn't a bad score. Um, typically a resort will get 7 if maybe there's like 1 or 2 choke points, but overall the resort's pretty good in terms of how it handles crowds. Um, and, and why we wanted to bring up Vail was there was a very viral video that came out in maybe February or so um and this was all completely true um where veil vale had fake news so no one photoshopped this or video shopped this i guess if that if that's not no term, top photo just, lenses
1: were used in the I making of that it, news
0: <laughs> not a term but any anyway, anyway there there was Total this
1: photo lenses are a
0: thing Oh, I was saying video shop. Oh, okay. You, you, you so we're both thinking story. about yourselves no, in yes. that scenario. Or, yeah. Neither
1: one of us were listening to the other because... Exactly. There right. a wall between you. Alright, maybe I'll, I'll start listening yeah, to Yeah,
0: Riker's got to work on our communication.
1: <laughs> um, you know, it's I'm just going stir-crazy and I've forgotten that there are other people that matter besides me. Yeah, the whole universe <laughs> is five
0: people for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> We should also clarify that we are socially distancing during yes. this podcast. It's not like we're four people who like get together from our own separate houses to do this. Yes. Yeah, we already live together. We only get together from our own separate rooms.
1: It's pretty crazy. Um,
0: but anyway, back as I was saying the, the about action. about veil. Vale. So, back, so in February, back in February, there's this video that just went super viral about crowds. Basically going back an hour and a half or two hours at vit- one of Veil's lifts, and this looked absolutely crazy. And this was blowing up on Reddit, and people were like, "Veil's lift lines suck. Like, I'm never going to Veil vale because I don't want to wait in these crowds." I probably and make then, the
1: video. So you can... Well, we'll we we'll, to we'll we'll wait to like the, the, we'll to the video in the
0: in the comments. People um, were pissed. But yeah, people were super angry about this, and. I think over the last two months, kind of this misconception has festered that Vail just overall is really bad with their lift lines. Um, and so kind of, we, we just wanted to clarify why we're continuing to, to have Vail rated as a seven for Crowdflow and why like it, it still deserves that rating. Um, so like that lift that Vail did have really bad lines at, um, that was the high noon lift that was lift number five. And I, I think that's what it is, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there, there are about a 20, 26 or 27 lifts at Vail, and the overwhelming majority of them aren't choke points, which means that you can either ski down to another lift from the base of whichever lift you're at, or there's two lifts in similar base areas, and you can choose one or the other. And that typically keeps choke points from that from occurring. The, the other problem on the day that that video was filmed was that, and, and I, I actually talked to a local about this. Um, just wanted to see what was going on because I personally, I've been to Vail multiple times, never seen lines like that. Um, like the re- the reason it got a seven and not a perfect 10, like Vail, Vail does obviously have those choke point problems that at one or two lifts that I've just told you about, but also at the beginning of the day, like some of the, lifts of the base areas can, can have pretty long lift lines. Um, but never, never anything even remotely close to that. Um, and the, the problem on that day was that all the other back bowls were in about a third of veil strain for everyone's context is these back bowls. And there's four lifts serving the back bowls back to the front side. Um, yeah, there's four, there's four of them. And, uh, as far as we were told, all of the other lifts were closed, and that was the only back bowl that was open. And the problem there was that people were just skiing down at the beginning of the day. Everyone just decided they were going to ski down that bowl. There had also been like a really big snowstorm the last night, so there were really good conditions. Um, and then by the time ski patrol realized what was going on uh they they tried stopping people from going entering that bowl but there's just such like a, a wide range of places to drop in over there that they just couldn't stop everyone and apparently um this the local i was talking to a set of friends like was approached by ski patroller and told about the situation so they'll try to monitor what was going on but uh apparently they couldn't
1: couldn't stop the, the the crowd. Yeah. Um. We were actually skiing on this same day at Big Sky, which had also received a help healthy dumping of snow and got stuck in a similar although not so bad situation. Um. And I think it was a similar thing. So like on the backside. Um. Like by the Dakota and Shedhorn chairs. There's a lot of terrain back there, and it had been closed for most of the morning Um, because they were bombing and making sure that it was safe to open up. And then when they dropped the line on it, people just went, like, en masse down this run. And um, because of that, and this is, like, one of those choke point situations where once you get to a chair, you have no choice but to wait however long it takes to get on it. And as a result of that, I think we wound up waiting, like, 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah, Um, it was bad.
0: It was really bad. I don't
1: remember if I was with you, but um, I remember we were like, oh yeah, we'll get in a couple more runs before the day is over. And then um, it was hilarious because one of the lifties yells, we're closing the lift in five minutes because it was like already almost four o'clock. We were Um, together for that. Yeah, and... I, like, so at this point, there are still, like, probably a hundred people in front of us in this line. There's, like, a mob at this chair. And some dude just yells back, What the fuck are you talking about? You're not gonna get all these people on the chair in five minutes? Asshole! <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, everyone started cheering people's like, But it was just, like, a really funny, um... I mean, you know, really funny way to spend, I guess, 40 minutes... So I wasn't as bad about it because it was already the end of the day. I probably would have been a bit more pissed if that's how I had started my powder day. Yep. Um, that was
0: a great experience that I never want to do again.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was... I put my skis in park for a little there because it was just... I was just so sick of standing. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's... Yeah, so I, I just hope everyone doesn't think that we give resorts bad ratings for this if it just happens to be crowded while we're there because um, that obviously would not be a sustainable or very informative way yeah. of rating these we
0: things. We don't want to be biased.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I think, like, Jackson Hole, because we had been there a couple days earlier, I we rated that much higher because uh, there we you could just always get on a different lift, pretty much. Yeah,
0: so, like... The thing about Jackson Hole is like some of the lifts do get crowded, especially in the morning. So that's obviously the tram, the tram <laughs> that could get like up to two hours long. And if that's crowded, then you could go to the Bridger Gondola, which also gets crowded on peak days. But now there's the Sweetwater Gondola, which doesn't directly get you to as much desirable terrain. But it still gets you there, and there's a path to get there. Um, and that, that gondola definitely sees a lot less crowds than the Bridger Gondola. Oh, and if the Sweetwater Gondola's seeing a lot of crowds, you could just go over to the Tiwanath chair, which is probably going to be, I think either Sweetwater or Tiwanath typically has the lowest amount of lines, but there's there's three like normal lifts from the base area and there's the tram. Um, So I think Jackson, even though it really only has one base area, is able to kind of handle their crowds well as a result.
1: Yeah, um, I'm sure that uh, and you know, I'm sure crowd crowds still exist there, and it's still a problem. And I'm, I've actually, I've seen, you know, poking around on Reddit that locals seem to be not too happy with the increased traffic that's come there. Yeah. But um, I think it can certainly handle crowding better than some other places we've been.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today. This is a great episode. It's our fourth episode third official one. So thanks for everyone who supported us along the way. We've received some feedback and we've been implementing it. So keep coming. If you really like what you see, share it with your friends and family. Thanks to Nicole, Senior Ranker, George, Ranker and Principal Editor and Agenda Steve. Once again, I'm Sam, your Ranker-in-Chief. Thanks for listening. See you back on the peak.